That weapon is illegal, except maybe it's not. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of philelmore.com and themartialist.net. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the intro. We're doing something a little different for the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore this week, and that is that I am recording this podcast using some new software that allows me to run the feed from my microphone and the video together so that the YouTube version of this podcast actually has the video of me saying it. You probably are realizing right now that you have gained nothing from this experience. No uh, no improvement has come about in in me offering video with this uh, this audio recording. It does, however, prevent me from pausing, I think. Wait, maybe that's not true. Well, no, actually, I can pause. How about that? <laughs> if you're watching the video, that was funny, maybe. If you're not watching the video, that meant nothing to you. For this episode of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore, I want to talk about something that I thought would never happen here in New York State, the state where I reside, and that is that certain weapons that were illegal and have always been illegal are now not, maybe. I was at a uh, sort of a farmer's market kind of thing where there's lots of tables where people sell junk. It's basically a big extended garage sale. And while I was looking through the junk, I heard across this sort of farmer's market building which is open to the side so it's basically a big roof I heard the distinctive sound of I'm like that is a stun gun being discharged into the air so I went over to find the source of the sound and I found a woman selling like flashlights with stun guns built into them and I said to her uh, not trying to be a jerk not trying to kill her sale I said, you, you know those are illegal, right? Like if someone sees you, if some cop comes through here and sees that, you, you could get in trouble. And she got really angry. And I don't blame her because at the time she probably just thought I was some you know, know-it-all jerk trying to kill her sale. And she seemed to think that no, they were perfectly legal. And I thought to myself, well, it's not worth arguing about, but lady, you're, this is a big problem for you um, if someone catches you. And come to find out, maybe she wasn't wrong. I stumbled across this not that long ago. This is an article in uh, at uh, criminaldefenselawyer.com. Uh, it is by E.A. Gajelton, the legal editor, uh, and it's called Stun Gun Laws in New York. A federal court found that New York's complete ban on civilian possession of stun guns and tasers was unconstitutional. Now, I happen to agree with that. I'm a staunch uh, uh, believer in... The Second Amendment and in the fact that the Second Amendment confers a protection on individual citizens when it comes to the rights to keep and bear arms of all kinds. Um, I, here in New York, you know, I'm very much living in enemy territory. New York is run by fools who hate you and want you to be a victim of crime. Um, Mr. Gajelton, if it is a mister, writes, in 2019, a federal court struck down a New York law that made it illegal for civilians to possess stun guns or tasers anywhere and for any reason. The court left open the possibility that certain restrictions on these weapons could pass constitutional muster. But until the state changes its laws, New Yorkers are free to buy, keep, and use stun guns as long as they don't use them to commit other crimes. 
Um, I now this was a while ago, so you know it's been a few years. I'm certain New York State, being as zealous as it is to make sure that every weapon is forbidden to you, the law-abiding citizen, I'm sure they must have closed this loophole somehow. But it raises the possibility: what if they haven't? Now, if you're trying to buy anything online, uh, you can't even buy legal knives on some websites like. Amazon has become a big problem for this. When I go to buy a knife on Amazon, often knives that are perfectly legal, uh, Amazon will say, I can't ship this to you there. And in some cases, I think what they're doing is conflating New York City's laws with New York State's laws. But more importantly, what they're doing is conflating New York City's misinterpretation of the law with New York State's law in general. Because New York City is notorious for redefining commonly owned uh, ordinary folding knives as quote-unquote gravity knives because theoretically if the cop can somehow manage to snap the knife open with one hand he's created a gravity knife I created a video not that long ago where I did a little trick using my thumb to snap open the blade of a an okapi which is a ratcheting folding knife which under no circumstances can be opened with one hand so I sort of half cheated and simulated opening it with one hand making it look look like magically the blade had just opened itself um, so I still had to use my thumb I, I couldn't just snap it open I had one guy comment that oh that's a gravity knife in New York like no genius for one thing it's not what it looks like but for another thing New York City's misinterpretation of the law is still not the law they think so there I don't I don't know how anyone lives in New York City I think we ought to just wall it off like in the Kurt Russell movie I think we'd all be better off but anyway this article raises the possibility that a stun gun and a taser th those could both be legal weapons here in New York um, oh somebody wants to make an appearance on the podcast do you do you want to make an appearance on a podcast, Mando? This is my cat, Mando. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you cannot see him. He will not make any noise because Mando does not meow or do anything that makes noise. I don't know why. Um, he's getting there. He's starting to make noise. Okay, I have to do the podcast now. Do you want to sit on your table? There you go. He has a table next to my desk that he likes to stand on. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, remember, a stun gun is basically a handheld transformer. A stun gun is a 9-volt battery or other, well, it used to be. Used to be stun guns were 9-volt battery operations. They're, they're much more, they're lithium battery now and rechargeable and stuff like that. But the first stun guns I ever saw were basically a transformer for a 9-volt battery where you took that 9 volts and you pumped out 50,000 volts at, at very low uh, amperage. As the saying goes, it's not the watts that get you, it's the amps. So very low amperage, very high voltage, it's not going to kill you. Um, it, it'll mess you up, but it's not, hopefully, not deadly. A taser, by contrast, fires wire-guided barbs that deliver electricity to you from a distance. That's the difference between a stun gun and a taser. And to further confuse things, some stun guns, they're shaped like yellow guns, and you have the option of pressing it against the assailant and pulling a trigger and stun gunning him rather than firing the darts from a distance. Um, and <laughs> from what I've seen, you can fire those darts and if they stay in the target, you can deliver more than one payload of electricity and you know zap somebody again while they're on the other end of the line wriggling like a fish. I, I love to see videos of obnoxious people getting tased it goes all the way back to the don't tase me bro video where that guy was like don't tase me bro and he was he had been an obnoxious jerk up to that point everyone i have a friend who likes to say that everyone speaks the queen's english when they have a gun in their face 
And everyone becomes suddenly polite when they're staring at the possibility of getting tased. Well, there was this guy, he was being super aggressive, probably on drugs or something. A couple of different police officers were trying to corner him outside the front of a convenience store. And he started trying to fight one of them. So the other one just put the wires in him, just zap. And I believe both of them had him hooked up at once. And he went over like a tree that's been chopped down, just suddenly froze up and went thud. And, and it's very satisfying. <laughs> It's very satisfying when an obnoxious jerk gets zapped. I'm sorry, it just is. Okay, along the lines of stun guns possibly being legal, even here in a place like New York, nunchucks, the nunchaku, are also maybe legal. And that's because uh, a federal judge has ruled that the state's 1974 ban was a violation of the Second Amendment. I'm liking this trend. This was also a few years ago. This was 2018. The article I'm looking at was published by a Nate Erickson in Esquire, of all things. Uh, on Friday, a federal court issued a ruling that many people have long been waiting to hear. I, I don't know who those many people are. <laughs> New York's ban on nunchucks is now considered unconstitutional. Uh, nunchucks are, of course, the martial arts weapon famously used by Bruce Lee in films like Enter the Dragon, blah, 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 blah. Um... Perhaps no one was more relieved to hear the news than a college professor named James Maloney, who was charged with possession of the weapon back in 2000 and filed a complaint in 2003. This marks the end of an 18-year journey for Maloney, who took his case all the way to the Supreme Court before the court presumably said, we don't have time for this, and sent it back down in 2010. Maloney refiled his complaint that year, citing his desire to teach his sons a nunchuck-based form of martial arts that he had created. Uh, he also argued for the recreational, therapeutic, and self-defense utility of the weapon. In her decision, Judge Pamela Chen cited the Second Amendment, affirming there was no way the state could justify overruling the Constitution. Congrats to Maloney and all street fighters on their big win. Uh, as for Shredder, you're on notice, pal. Um, you know, so ha ha ha, we made some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference in the, the article. Nunchucks are a surprisingly effective women, weapon. I have written an entire booklet on nunchucks that uh, you can get. Uh, I believe I put it on Amazon. Uh, anyway, they are a little more difficult to learn because any flexible weapon has the possibility of you hurting yourself with it. And there's some things, some techniques that you have to apply in order to sort of swing through and, and make the nunchuck not hit you. You have to, the key to any striking with nunchucks is to follow through. And so that the end of the weapon has the opportunity to shed its momentum before it gets back to your body. But again, uh, not that anyone's going to run out and start arming themselves with arm bleh, arming themselves with tasers and stun guns. But this is such a a move towards the rational that I don't know how to take it. Because here in New York, we don't do that. We don't do rational in New York State. Um, that is not something we're good at. It's not something that we. Um, normally expect from our lawmakers, we expect our lawmakers to be petty and venal and vindictive and to hate all law-abiding citizens and to basically advocate for criminals because that's what Democrats in New York State and really Democrats across the country do is make it easier for criminals to victimize you while making it harder for you to defend yourself. There is nothing the average Democrat wants more than for you to be a victim. They really prefer it because when you are a victim that means that they can then step in and claim that by electing them and giving them more power over your life, that they'll somehow protect you or keep you safe. They won't. Uh, they'll make it worse for you. They'll make you suffer more. 
um, not to veer into politics because I have an entire other podcast for that, but um, you know, the party that wants to double the size of the IRS in order to ramp up the engine of torment on the American people, uh, the party that wants to raise taxes during a recession, the party that wants to redefine the term recession so they don't have to admit they're in one, um, you know, th this is the party of misery. And so wanting you to become the victim of street crime is just part and parcel of that. Um, Lee Zeldin, the guy running for, <laughs> it's a hopeless, uh, how do you pronounce, uh, is it quixotic? I've never been sure. The, the, the name is Don Quixote, but we, I've heard it referred to as quixotic before, maybe by people who didn't know how to pronounce it. But he's tilting at windmills. He's trying to become governor. He's trying to become a conservative Republican governor in New York State. And we don't have that here, pal. I'm sorry. But a guy got up on stage and tried to murder Lee Zeldin by stabbing him with a stabby keychain of some kind. And uh, Zeldin actually had to prevent his own assassination attempt because if the man has security, security at all, they're incompetent. So, anyway, um, that guy's attacker, after trying to murder a political candidate, was let out immediately on no bail because here in New York, again, our politicians, they absolutely love criminals and they hate you. Um, and that's a sad state of affairs. But anyway, uh, sorry, I, I sort of fell down the rabbit hole of uh, Democrat hatred for all that is good and true and just in the world. But... Uh, the fact is, it's weird to me that we could see the sort of rolling back of certain um, anti-self-defense laws, certain laws banning weapons that, honestly, it is not the case that stun guns and nunchucks represent a high degree of crime. <laughs> like, by banning these weapons, you aren't taking them from the hands of criminals who might otherwise leap from the shadows to nunchuck you. Um, stun guns, I could see that a little bit more. Uh, I could see stun guns becoming a tool of crime because they are a very quick means of incapacitating someone. Um, all you have to do is touch them, and the average person will be incapacitated. Unfortunately, stun guns are not 100% effective. And I actually had a comment on one of my martial arts YouTube videos uh, right here on this channel. I had posted a short uh, somebody had asked me about the cold steel delta dart and and weapons like that this is a the delta dart is a polymer stabbing tool it has a triangular cross section um, it is strong enough to pierce skin um, but being plastic it's not as strong as a knife you're probably going to have a much harder time going through like heavy outer clothing with it than you would with a knife blade especially because of the thick cross section um, it has to be relatively thick to be strong enough to hold up to a repeated stabbing because that's the nature of polymer weaponry whether it's zytel or glass filled nylon or whatever you want to call it so uh, a guy posted a comment because it's my understanding that shorts on youtube it's YouTube's attempt to compete with video formats like TikTok. It's like Reels on Instagram. Um, Facebook and Instagram are kind of the same thing. So Facebook has some sort of weird equivalent or it has a, a pass through to Reels. But it's all of the social media companies are trying to create these short form videos that cater to the, the short attention span theater that so many people experience that was popularized by TikTok. And TikTok is an engine of addiction. Uh, it, without doubt, it counts on the fact that, that those fast little hits of entertainment that cater to your short attention span will keep you wanting more. Um, and it's definitely geared towards ensnaring male viewers because I don't know if you've looked, 
but about 40% of TikTok is scantily clad sexy ladies dancing. So I saw a really funny parody of that too. It was a guy who um, they, they, he was trying to personify the TikTok algorithm. And so that was a person who just kept showing him dancing ladies. And no matter what he did to try and make the dancing ladies go away, there was just more of them. So uh, given this drive towards shorter attention spans, I've been trying to do more shorts on the channel because it, it brings in eyes that are not subscribed. People who don't subscribe to my channel, and no one's seeing these, they're not being recommended, these videos. So putting up shorts is a good way to try and build possible subscribers by showing content on the channel to people who wouldn't otherwise see it. And a guy commented on the Cold Steel Delta Dart video saying, oh, this, is, this is so brutal, why wouldn't you just use a stun gun? And I thought that was funny because it's always the people who know nothing about the use of force who have the most intense opinions about it. Um, first of all, yes, self-defense is often brutal. Someone trying to murder you is brutal. Sometimes you have to be brutal in self-defense. If you can't accept that, you're never going to successfully defend yourself. And I've resigned myself to the fact that a lot of people out there never will. A lot of people are programmed to be victims, and that's all they'll ever be. Um, and those are the people who vote Democrat, among other things. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for the infiltration of politics into this. Um, but uh, the other thing about stun guns, and you know, this guy saying, well, you could use a stun gun and you wouldn't have to hurt anybody. For one thing, it is not a guarantee that a stun gun won't kill somebody. People have died of heart attacks after being stunned, after being tased. It's a thing that happens. The introduction of electricity to the human body is not you know, always guaranteed to be non-lethal. In fact, that's why the industry refers to these tools as less lethal, not non-lethal, but less lethal. The food industry has kind of followed suit with that kind of weasel word terminology too, because they they refer to healthier options usually. Not, not healthy. We can't guarantee that this is healthy. It's just healthier. Well, the, the taser, the stun gun, it's not necessarily non-lethal, but it's less lethal. So, you know, roll the dice, take your chances. Um, I, I really do. I love seeing the comments on the channel, especially when they come from people who wouldn't normally watch my content, because it's always an interesting window into the mind of people who don't understand the use of force. Some people have questions. Some people really want to know stuff, and I love being able to answer their questions. Other people just want to troll. Um, a couple of issues back, a couple of episodes of the podcast back, I talked about the one guy who uses like 10 different accounts to troll this channel, and all of the accounts have the same three-word format. Well, uh, he, he left what was the most bizarre of all of those comments recently. I'm going to call it up on my phone so I can read it to you. Uh, let's see. Bear with me. I'm calling this up on my phone. Um, the comment was from something called Lazy Sunday Comics. You know, I, I mentioned that all of these account names had like Jack's Disappointing Pancreas. They were all three-word formats. And I ban all of the troll accounts, so I know that it's a new account that had to be created to leave this comment. Uh, and what, they, what the accounts all have in common is they have no videos, they have no comments, they have maybe 10 uh, subscribers because all of the troll accounts are subscribed to all of the other troll accounts. And he wrote, uh, let me see, something about, I call you lie beast. And it went on in some weird Christian format. It didn't make any sense. Um, it was also kind of a complete and total non sequitur. So, so there's that. But I do enjoy knowing that there are people in the world that this podcast makes angry. 
there's not that many of them because this podcast doesn't reach that many people. I only just started this a few weeks ago, and uh, honestly, I have no audience. There's, what, 20 of you? So while I'm very grateful for the 20 of you who do listen and the fact that, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing when you can say that there's at least 20 people in the world who are not related to you who would like to know what you think about a topic. So I'm grateful for that. But uh, the fact of the matter is, um, as my phone beeps and bongs and blurps in the background, I, I used to silence it when I was recording, and now I don't even bother. So now, when you listen to the podcast, you'll hear all kinds of background noise. Matter of fact, I was, uh, I was recording a podcast not that long ago, and if you, I'm not going to tell you the timestamp or tell you which podcast it is, but in a recent podcast, at a certain point, you can hear my girlfriend laughing in the background while she listens to the previous podcast because she's in the next room catching up on the podcast with her headphones in. And I didn't know when I recorded it that the microphone was picking up her laughing in the next room at a joke I told in the previous podcast while I was recording the current podcast. So this is some weird podcast inception where the audience is participating. <laughs> so, so you have that to look forward to. All right, I'm going to cut this short. I just wanted to talk about those two previously illegal weapons that are now maybe legal in New York State. I thought it made a good theme for an episode. If you can think of any other weapons in your state or in mine that are uh, now legal, that were illegal, or that were legal but are now illegal, I'd love to talk more about these issues because where self-defense is concerned, there's no separating the law from it. Um, self-defense must be done legally for you not to end up in jail or prison afterwards, but the state uh, you know, and by the state, I don't mean the state you live in. I mean, whatever government is involved in, in sort of overseeing the actions you take, whether it's the state or the federal government or, or you know, some, I guess there's some internet, if you go to another country and have to defend yourself. Anyway, the state really works hard to stop you from being able to defend yourself, something that I despise. So do yourself a favor and uh, always understand the legal landscape in which you defend yourself. Um, there's that famous case of, I forget the fellow's name, um, he defended himself with a karambit and used just enough force to get a guy off him who was just beating him into the pavement. And he almost went to prison. He only, only got acquitted by the barest margin. And it was legitimate self-defense. He did everything right, and he still had to fight for his life in court. Um, so whenever we defend ourselves, the legal environment in which we do it is inescapable, and we have to be aware of that because there's no self-defense in a vacuum. You know, there's people teaching self-defense moves that, yeah, they'll get the other guy off you and they might even kill him. And then you'll sit in a jail cell because you did, quote unquote, too much to defend yourself. Um, it's always a factor. And I hate that. I hate that we have to be sort of jailhouse lawyers while we're also trying to defend ourselves, but it's a fact. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Until next time, uh, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Phil Elmore.